This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Post-match chat with chaps for that Millwall podcast where it finished at the Den. Millwall 2. Queen's Park Rangers, nil. Back to winning ways, back to winning ways at the Den. And it's about time we heard rocking all over the world, wasn't it? Um, we haven't heard that since the 20th of September, would you believe, when we beat Rotherham 3-0. The perfect Christmas present um, uh, given to us from the boys yesterday in a, in a game that we I think we had to win, quite simply. And we got the job done. Um, but yeah, perfect Christmas presents. It definitely beats the uh, vests and pants and crap I got. Um, uh, we, I guess it's just part of being a married man. And um, speaking of being a married man, it's the first time we've won since I've been a married man because it's been three months since we last won at the Den. So very much needed um, for the club, for the manager, for the players, I think for the fans. Uh, three points yesterday was a must and we got the job done. Before we go into a bit more detail, I just wanted to say um, hopefully everyone had a fantastic Christmas. Um whether you spent it with family, friends, loved ones, hope you all had a, a fantastic Christmas. And again, just to thank you all very much for the uh, support of of this this video and, and the channel as a whole throughout the year. So thank you all very, very much. And um, hopefully you all um, were able to enjoy Boxing Day that little bit more knowing that we had three points. So look, I mean, uh, I didn't review the Stoke game because I was at the darts, to be perfectly honest. So I didn't actually watch the game. It didn't really sound like I missed much. <laughs> but um so, you know, I think coming into this game, uh, we'd won one in 13, which was is obviously not, not good enough. Um, however, I did feel as though things were starting to improve. I think that, you know, the, the Leicester performance and result was, was no disgrace. Um, a couple of sucker punches against Huddersfield Sunderland, a point up at Stoke with a, with a new manager... You know, you start to get the feeling that things are starting to improve. Although I know that the 500 odd fans and fair play to those that did go to Stoke um, weren't particularly impressed with the performance. But um, a couple more comments on that a little bit later. But we go into this game and, you know, QPR could, I think they could have, could they have leapfrogged us or at least gone level on points if they'd have beaten us? And they had had a bit of an upturn since, uh, is it Fuentes? I think I pronounced his name right, has come in and... Um, you know, QPR have been a bit of a bogey side for us, haven't they, over the over the years at home? So um, it was one of those games that that really uh, we we had to win. Um, and let's start then with the team that Joe Edwards put out. So he made four changes 
um, some some bold decisions that were, were made, and um, in the end, obviously they they paid off. But the changes he made. So first, obviously, I'll, I'll go for the team. So Sarkic in goal, and then I, I think it was a back three. I I, I think it, it it can change depending on the sort of systems we played, and at at times with the press that we had on, at times it had four up four up front, but. My take on the the formation, if you like, was a, a back three of um, Ryan Leonard. Or it could have been Ryan Leonard at right back. I really don't know. But Ryan Leonard was on the right-hand side. Harding and Cooper. And then Joe Bryan on the left-hand side. Norton Cuffey further forward on the right. So it could be a four. It could be a three. Um, the two central midfielders were George Saville and George Honeyman, so two Georges in the centre of the park. Uh, and I'll come back to George Honeyman in a, in a minute. And then the kind of front three uh, were Duncan Watmore and Idemo and Maku coming into the starting lineup either side of Tom Bradshaw. So um, the changes were Fleming coming out of the side, Murray Wallace coming out of the side, uh, Billy Mitchell coming out of the side. Um, and the other one was... Um, yeah, Murray, Murray, Murray Wallace, Murray Wallace, uh, Zian Fleming, Billy Mitchell, and Kevin Nisbet. So they were the four coming out the side. Um, some bold decisions. And I think not only with, with the personnel that he chose, but obviously it was a slight tweak in formation. Um, and also to play Honeyman in the centre and midfield over Billy Mitchell. Um, incidentally, Campbell wasn't even on the bench. The bench is starting to look a bit stronger with the players coming back. Um, you know, to have the likes of, you know, Romain Essay on the bench, Kevin Nisbet, uh, Longman was on the bench, wasn't used. Um, obviously, the experience of, of Murray Wallace and, and uh, Sean Hutchinson, Danny McNamara, the bench is looking a bit better. So that was a team that that was was put together. And um, I, I was quite happy with that starting lineup, to be honest. I think Fleming does need to, to come out of the team. We'll talk more about him. Um and in fairness to George Honeyman, he's never really been given a crack at his preferred position, which is more centrally. So that was an interesting call. Um, and then, um, you know, I think Nisbet coming out of the side with Bradshaw being up front was was another one. And then, of course, Mr. Imaku coming into the starting lineup, and we'll talk more about his performance as we go on. So that was the team anyway. And um, I think the first sort of 15, 20 minutes, I felt we started well. Um and it was just kind of that final ball or, you know, a couple of times the ball went across the box um, and we couldn't quite get onto it. We didn't create bundles, admittedly, um, but we definitely, you know, had control of the game. Although the possession stats will tell you otherwise, they, they had a lot of the possession just sort of fanning around with it at the back, um, which I just don't get the amount of teams that come down to the dens that aren't that good and try and play it from the back. I just I just don't get it. I know it's this modern style and blah, blah, blah. But QPR are not that good. And I think QPR are in danger. They've got a couple of very, very talented players. But other than that, I think they're a very average side. And um, QPR fans, if you're listening, I, 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 um, I, do, I do sort of think that, you know... Um, you're 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 a poor side, and I think from our perspective, you can only beat what's in front of you, and that's why I'm not going to get too carried away with the performance yesterday, um, and why I think bigger tests are for us to come. But anyway, going back to the game, sort of first 20-25 minutes, um, 
couple of opportunities. I think what was clear was we were pressing them very, very high. Uh, they had quite a lot of goal kicks and the way that we were set up was really interesting because we'd have the front three and then Savile or Honeyman also pushing further forwards, trying to force the mistakes at times. We did. Jimmy Dunn brought Tom Bradshaw down. We had a free kick from Honeyman. And we were making the kind of early run-ins in the game. However, um, they always... With, with players like Elias Chair, uh, I can't stand him, by the way, but in terms of ability, he's always got something in his locker because he's a very, very good player at this level. Um, and a mistake from Cooper um, enables them to create an opening on 27 where... Um, in the end, I think it goes for a corner and then cleared away. But they, um, they they do have one or two talented players. Coincidentally, I felt two of them more talented players were on the bench and didn't come on. I don't know whether they're injured, but uh, Willock is a very good player at this level, and Sinclair Armstrong is is always friends with Imaku, and he's a very similar player in terms of kind of that raw potential power and pace. Uh, so I was, was surprised he didn't come on. Um, but that was kind of their main opening in the first half. And then the first half, we we definitely shaded it. I don't think there's any denying. But it, it wasn't the greatest football match in the world. Um, you know, again, what looked like two poor sides. But we do create an opportunity. The ball's pumped forward to Bradshaw. Bradshaw does well to outmuscle the defender, bring the ball down, link play. I think he feeds Watmore. Watmore then passes, plays a really good ball into Savile. Savile gets into the area. Um and I do think Savile means to cut it back. I don't think he's shooting. He cuts it back. And then there is no way this should ever be a goal because it goes past two QPR defenders who both just leave it. And if that was us, you would be hollering at the play. Like they literally just watch it back. Both of them just completely leave the ball. They obviously don't realise that Bradshaw, right place, right time, at the back post and taps it into an empty net. And we go 1-0 up and it's the best time to score. Um and obviously, um, you know, it, it, it gives us a real bit of momentum coming into the second half. What I would say is, and, and Edwards actually addressed this in his post-match interview, it didn't really, no, it was Joe Bryan, actually. It didn't really change the um, uh, half-time team talk because actually the performance was still the performance and, and, and Edwards wanted to see more from us. Um, you know, th th there were a lot of misplaced passes yesterday. Cooper in particular, I felt, and I'm not I'm not just picking on him, but I felt his his distribution it leaves a lot to be desired. I think all the time he plays on the left side of a back three, he's more exposed to it. I think he's better suited when he plays more centrally. Uh, but we don't have a, a left sided centre but other than Murray Wallace um at the moment. So um we go in half time, one nil up. We shaded it. I think that one nil probably flattered us slightly, but that we were definitely the better side. Um and then as the second half kind of grew on, it was evident we would need the second goal. I think that um, we had a, a big chance. I think it was on 50 minutes where, um, I don't think, is it Kenneth Powell possibly? Goes down way too easily. It was never a foul. Imaku robs him of the ball. Um, and then Imaku uses his pace. He drives, drives and drives at the box. And he's got two opportunities. He can either play Bradshaw in early or I think it's Watmore, he can sort of square it to Watmore, who was at the back post. He does neither. And I think this is where Imaku, and I will talk more individually about him later, but this is where he still needs to learn because he makes the wrong decision. He dallies on it a bit too much and he takes the shot from a tight angle. It's never really going to trouble Begovic. Um, 
and you know that that there we could have got the second goal and we um it would have just you know completely changed the complexion of the game i think that we we haven't had that cushion of a second goal for a long long time in in in, in our matches so that would have completely changed the, the complexion instead we didn't and then i think between sort of 55 and 70 75 it was um it was very much nothing really was happening um i felt that we maintained energy until that time and then it did start to waver a little bit so you know credit to joe edwards he made some substitutions um you know he took off two front men and and, and changed them for two front men and i i felt that you know he was just trying to keep the intensity there um and then there were two chances in two minutes one for either side so their their first their, their first proper chance of the second half and it was in my opinion their best chance uh, i think it was on 79 um where the ball is hung up to the back post um i don't know if it's a free kick or a cross and then reggie cannon who's come on as a substitute for them unmarked back post fires it low and hard and is a whisker away from going in that was by far the best opportunity that QPR created. And let's be honest, the way things have been going for us recently, that goes in. You know, we've not been getting the rub of the green. We've just not get, had that little bit of luck. But but yesterday it didn't. And there were a couple of nearly moments where, you know, I, I did feel at times QPR players went down a little bit easily. There was a tangle in the box with with Savile, and I don't know if it was Dykes or, or someone else. Um, and then it came out across and Sarkic comes running out and... Cannon goes down. I mean, Cannon should have been booked for diving because it was it was never a, a foul. But the Savile one was a bit of a tangle of legs. You know, that would have been given as a penalty recently. There were just things that kind of went for us yesterday. And this is why football is such fine margins, because I don't know if we've been a million miles away. You know, in theory, we could have had, you know, at least beat Huddersfield or Sunderland, at least with a little bit more rubber the green at home. Um, and this is where these little bits of luck and the ball falling for you, these little sort of decisions in the final third that we still need to improve, make a huge difference. Um, we then have a chance with Ian Fleming. It's lined up. He bends one left footed. He's he's uh, he's obviously come on for, I think it was for Watmore. Um, and it goes just a, a whisker wide. And, you know, you, you get to kind of 80 minutes at 1-0 and it's sort of that squeaky bum time. And you're thinking, here we go again with Sunderland and Huddersfield. Um you know, and I, I did think it had the, the, the Sunderland and Huddersfield game, you know, writing all over it, to be honest, uh, in terms of what, what may or may not happen. But it doesn't. And we do get the second goal around the 90th minute. So actually what happens is we have a throw in. Uh, Leonard takes. It then gets recycled back to Leonard. He plays a ball very, very deep. Uh, and it's going out of play. But Murray Wallace um, doesn't give up. He's come on for Joe Bryan. Uh, obviously just managing Joe Bryan. Um, with his with his injury. I think Joe Brown makes a massive difference, by the way. I'll come on to individual players later. Um, but Murray Wallace chases it down and he wins the corner through just a bit of argy-bargy in the corner. He does well. The corner's then uh, swung in by Honeyman. And then again, Murray Wallace out muscles, uh, Kai Kai at the back post and makes it 2-0. And then again, the last 10 minutes, you, you just see the players relax. It, you, you really can. And that's what gives me optimism for... For the future, because the players did relax. I do feel there's some players that are coming slightly more back into form. The other thing as well, which um, I think is worth pointing out, 
other than Leicester, we haven't conceded a goal from open play in five games. We've now got two clean sheets on the back, uh, back to back. Obviously, Huddersfield Sunderland goals were a penalty. So other than Leicester, teams haven't scored for in open play against us. So we do look a little bit more defensively solid. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, so there are things that I'm starting to, you know, really see some optimism and, and, and you know, we, we're kind of turning a corner. Also, Stoke battered uh, Birmingham yesterday. And in the post-match, uh, Schumacher said, he, he quoted us and he said that, um, you know, we played, we played uh, I'm, I'm quoting Stoke manager Schumacher here, we played exactly how we played against Millwall today, but the result was much different because Birmingham played a different way and give us a lot more space and a lot more open. So I read that as actually we did a very good defensive job against Stoke, um, who we're always going to have a new manager bounce. So I know the performance wasn't great. I know we defended for most of the game, but a point at Stoke isn't a, the worst result. So then you look at that and you think, right, okay, well, our last three games, we've now got five points. It probably should have been seven because we should have probably beat Huddersfield. So things are starting to, to kind of, you know, that's my sort of half optimistic hat. The other half of the hat is, for me, there's a couple of things that still need to be addressed. And the first one is the silly little mistakes. The amount of times, like uh, yesterday in the second half, uh, Elias Chair, his one opportunity he had in the second half was where, and Matthew passes it to Hardin, and Hardin just, I don't know if he misjudges the the pace of the ball, it just goes underneath his foot, chairs in, and to be fair, Sarkic is a good save. Um, but we're just making these silly mistakes, and we, at times we're, you know, we, we create our own downfalls. Um, they need to be cut out, so that's the first thing. I think the second thing that needs to, it's definitely shown improvement, and credit to Edwards and the team for this, but I think the overall physical condition of our players is really poor compared to a lot of teams in this league. And I mean that from a couple of different perspectives. I think the first one is the players obviously were not fit and they're now fitter. They look fitter, um, but the fitness levels still need improvement. I think if Edwards has a full pre-season, I think you'll see some very, very different uh, big differences. That's the first thing. The other thing around physical conditioning is the amount of injuries that we've had in the last sort of year or two. I think it says a lot. So I think that needs to be addressed, whether that's recruitment or things behind the scenes, I don't know. And then the third thing, I think there's a couple of players that need kind of individual physical programs. And again, I'm probably going way too detailed here, but like Romain Essay, he, he, he does look like he's beefed up a little bit, by the way, Romain Essay, but he still needs to do more because when he come on, he did get barged off the ball. Uh, you know, he, he does need to sort of build that physicality a little bit more. And then someone like Cooper, he needs to be more mobile. And I, I don't know how you teach that of someone six foot six, but he's so flat footed. 
So the, the whole kind of overall point I'm trying to make is the physical conditioning of some of the players needs to be addressed. So that's the second thing. Um, and then the third thing that's kind of where I'm like half glass, half empty is I think QPR are really poor side. So I don't want us to cloud all of this on the basis of being QPR. I think the Norwich game um, and then the Bristol City games will be a, a much bigger challenge. You know, both picked up victories. No, Norwich didn't win yesterday, actually. They lost at West Brom. Uh, but Bristol City had a good result away from home. So I think that will tell us a little bit more about how much we've improved. Um, but definitely room to op optimism now. You know, I think we've got six points breathing space uh, again, uh, you know, um, uh, head of QPR now with that win. But a lot of other teams won yesterday. So, you know, Huddersfield won, Stoke won. So we need to be winning these games, um, you know, in order to make sure that we're not being sucked in. Um, and as I say, I think, you know, I would take three points from the next two games now. Um, but let's let's see what we get. So, look, lots of reasons to be optimistic. Another clean sheet. Our form in the last few games hasn't been bad. I think the performances are changing. We look more defensively solid. Some players coming back into form. You know, we haven't conceded a goal from open play, but then there's other things that I think we're still making two silly, two silly mistakes. Some players are still blowing out their arse and not fit enough. And then we've got tougher games to come. So it's a bit of a balance, I think. But overall, look, I'm absolutely buzzing. 2-0 win at home against a team that have been a bit of a bogey side. A team that, if I'm honest, because of things that have happened in the past, I don't really like. I see him as probably one of our, if not our biggest rivals in this league. Um, so it was nice, nice to beat them uh, and, and roll on Friday. I'm, I'm buzzing to, to, to go to the Norwich game. Um, should be a good one under the lights. So I think that's the overall. I sort of go into some sort of um, specifics now around players. I think... You know, going from 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 front to back or back to front. Sorry, I think Sarkic seems to be a little bit more confident. Um, you can tell what they're trying to do at times with the ball at his feet as well. I think that's quite evident. So he seems to be coming back into a little bit of form. You know, he has been a bit rusty, so that's good. Um, I think just want to touch on my man in a match again was Ryan Leonard. I think he is. I've said it before, if he was a couple of years younger and he didn't have injury problems, he'd be a Premier League player. He really would be. And I know he has been uh, for a very short period of his career, but I think he's that good. He's so consistent. And Elias Chair is a very dangerous player. And I think it says a lot about Ryan Leonard that he didn't really have much of a sniff yesterday. So hat off to Ryan Leonard. Again, I think his all-round play is, is superb. I thought he was brilliant. Um I think Harding was was the better of the two at Harding and Cooper. I know he did make that one error, Harding with a ball run underneath his feet. But Cooper's distribution is just, I, d I don't know. I, it, it's um, He gets exposed a lot, I think, playing in a team that now demand more of their centre-backs in terms of ball at the feet. I think his limitations were hidden a lot more in a Rowett team. And I think all the time he's going to play on a left of a three, we are going to see this. So I think he, I'm not saying he can't improve. We've just given him a bump, bumper contract. I think he's probably one of the highest earners at the club, if not the highest earner now. And, you know, he's, he's um, listen, he's been a fantastic player for this club. He's a great bloke. He's our vice captain. He'll probably go on to make, you know, 400 appearances or whatever for Millwall. Um, but I do think there's some things that he needs to work on. Um, you know, so yesterday wasn't his greatest game. 
I thought Joe Bryan did some really good stuff. I think it does make a big difference with him in the team versus Murray Wallace in that more of attacking mindset. A um, couple of stupid things he does. Like there was one foul he gave away at the end of the first, uh, was it in the first half, where it was a blatant push and then he starts moaning to the ref and like, you know, he should know better than that. So I think, look, he, he's a good player. And as long as we can keep him out of them coffee shops and on the pitch, I think we're a better team for it. So, um, you know, he's, 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 a, he's a very talented player. I think we just need to manage him carefully in terms of minutes. Um, George Savile and George Honeyman. So I'll start with George Savile. I think very close runner-up for man of the match. I thought it was, yes, a couple of misplaced passes at times. There's no, you know, no doubt. But his football, um, you know, IQ is just superb. The way he can manage the game at different stages. He's a real leader. You know, he's a real driving force at times. He obviously put on the first goal. He... Um, he, he, he really he's a different player to what he was three or four years ago, but he's a vital part of this team, in my opinion. Um, and he just he just gets it. And I'm I, a massive Savile fan, and I think he was he was very good yesterday. And I think that he we needed an all energy midfield, and I think Honeyman complemented perfectly because I think what Honeyman lacks in terms of not to do him a disservice, but overall footballing ability, I think he makes up for in effort, desire and spirit. And there is, I think George Honeyman gets a bit of unfair criticism, to be honest, because I I do see a lot of people slagging him off and he's never going to be the best player in the world. I really don't think he is. I don't think he's technically that good, but he's never going to be one that shirks the basics ever. Um, And in fairness to him, he's not really played in his proper position the whole time he's been here. So I thought he was good yesterday and I thought him and Savile complemented each other really, really well. And I think both of them deserve a mention for that. In terms of the front three, so I think Watmore offered a lot more than Fleming's done in that that kind of role. Um, He's always looking to beat people. You never really know which direction he's going to go. He makes you think as a defender. You know, he's not afraid to run at you. Uh, He'll pop up in different areas. He's, He's industrious. He's he is, I've said this before, you know, and I don't mean to discredit Duncan Watmore, but he is a slightly lesser version of Jed Wallace. He's a 7 out of 10 Jed Wallace, in my opinion. He's that kind of like roadrunner-y type player. But I really like him. Um, and I think he brings something. I don't think he can ever really do 90 minutes, but I thought he was he was really good yesterday. And a lot of the good stuff going forward, we did come through him. Um, Imaku. So he got man of the match, and a lot of people saying he got man of the match. For me, he wasn't. I thought he was really good, and it's really nice to have a player that can get the ball turned and knock it past someone, draw fouls in. Um, We haven't had a player like that for some time. I think that we used to get it a little bit with Fred, um, but I think Imaku has got more about him, and I also feel he's, he's adding more to his game in terms of you know, his defensive duties and stuff like that, which is clearly something he's been working on. So I thought he was great. He was the one that was looking to create stuff. Um, they were scared of him. There's no doubt about it. He's got, you know, he's, he's frighteningly quick. Um, and you can tell underneath all of that kind of raw potential, there is a real hunger from him to constantly learn and improve. And I love that. The reason for me he wasn't mad at a match was because at times he did make some silly choices, which he's going to because he's young and he's a kid. But that that you know that opportunity in the second half where he ever squared it, I think we go 2-0 up on 50 minutes as opposed to 90. It changes things. And these are big moments. He also stupidly got booked, I think, after like 10 minutes by 
needlessly pulling someone back. So there's these types of things, and that's not to discredit his performance. I thought he was brilliant. And he definitely is a close runner-up for Man of the Match, but I just want to explain why I haven't given him Man of the Match and why I gave it to Ryan Leonard. I thought Bradshaw worked very hard. I thought his link-up play was good. And he was there in the right place, right time for the goal. I think, he, he, you know, on the face of that, he deserved to start and he probably deserves to start against Norwich. So, um, and I'm always happy for the nicest man in football. So, Brad, as if you listen to this, I'm sure I'm sure you're not. Um, but, um, you know, I'm really, really pleased for, for, for Bradders and um, love having him part of the, part of the group. Um, touch on a couple of subs. So, um, obviously, Murray Wallace... You know, created his own goal and then scored one. So he deserves a lot of credit. That was a typical Murray Wallace thing, wasn't it? Chase down a lost calls, then use your physicality to score a goal. That's Murray Wallace. Um, and I thought he did, you know, did did well when he came on. Um, Romain SA showed glimpses again, but for me, didn't do enough to take the game by the you know scruff of the neck and and really show this is why you need to be starting. Uh, why you need to be starting me? You know, a couple of nice balls and stuff into the box, and he always gives that trickery, but. Um, want to see more from him, to be honest. And I know that's probably not a popular opinion on how popular Romain is, and I absolutely love him. I'm just telling you what I saw yesterday. Um, Zian Fleming, I thought he did more in the 20 minutes he was on yesterday than he does for 90 when he starts, if I'm being honest. And he seemed to have a real bit between the teeth. I think, you know, the opportunity created for Nisbet in, you know, that could have and should have put us 3-0 up was brilliant. You know, he hassled, he won the ball back, he then plays a superb slide rule pass in behind Kai Kai. Nisbet runs on and probably should have put it the other side of the goalkeeper and it's 3-0. But at that point, you know, it, 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 luckily for us, that didn't matter. Um, but I thought he was good when he came on. You know, I do, observing his body language, I, I can tell he, he's not happy with maybe the way he's being treated. You know, um, if you just watch know who he shakes the hand of when he comes on and off the pitch and at the end I think you can you can read a few things there um or maybe not don't know but it's the last couple of games I've noticed that but look I actually quite like the fact that he's pissed off he's not playing because I'd rather have that than someone that doesn't care um and I do think he cares and I think he's desperate to get back on to to, to his form um and I think he will and I think that he is He's never been a player that affects 90 minutes. Even when he was superb last year, he wasn't. He just had those moments of individual brilliance that would win us a game or, you know, get us a draw or something. And, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing more more of that from him. Um, and then Nisbet, you know, obviously we talked about that one chance that he should have done better with. So, look, that's kind of it. I've gone on for 29 minutes now. I think overall summary would be we needed that uh, from a league table perspective, from a just lifting the crowd and the, probably the the atmosphere in the dressing room and, and Edwards probably felt he needed it. So we absolutely needed it. I think we did get a little bit of rubber to green yesterday and we beat a very, very poor side. I think the next couple of games will really show us where we are. And then, of course, the January transfer window opens and I fully expect us to bring in a couple of additions, probably loan because of financials. But we do that. We get Casper Denor back. Um few more players coming into form and you know we should be okay but one result and two wins in 14 now does not get us out of the woods just yet and I think we just need to keep grounded on that and not get too high when we win and not too low when we lose so look I'll leave it there hope you've had a lovely Christmas um 
obviously I'll, I'll be doing a post-match after the Norwich game, so I'll speak to everyone before the new year. Uh, but thanks as always for listening and um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. Bye for now. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.